my favorite part of that bumper has to be the kid who's dancing by himself. You guys remember the seventh and eighth grade dances? You better dance like that. You know, the fingertip rule, she still has cooties. She still has, and he still has cooties. By the way, students, just want to throw that one out there. <laughs> We've been talking about community. Last week, Pastor Todd spoke on how Jesus was in community, not only with his followers, but he was in community with his heavenly Father. And we want to encourage you all, as our series is called Get a Life, because we realize you guys really don't have one. And so we really want to encourage you all to get a life. And that is a joke, and it's okay to laugh. Please. Now, I'm an introvert, and in my small group, they know this, and they make fun of me for it. And for me to meet new people or to be a part of a new community, that scares me. It does. It freaks me out. In fact, you know the greet that we get up and do? It takes every bit of me to greet. Not because I don't love you. It's just because there's a lot of people and a lot of talking. I would rather go back in my office and wait till the greet's done and be like, oh, everybody's sitting. They're not going to talk to me. I'm going to sit down. That's my personality. And my wife, she will tell you, yes, he's an introvert. He loves to be alone. It, it just, I don't know, she loves people. Imagine that. Great community, living with one another. If you don't know, my name is Cody. I'm the student pastor here, and I get to speak on today, probably one of the, to me, it's kind of one of the hardest sermons I have to preach. One is because I'm going to talk about something that I struggle with, but two, it's because I believe the church community has done a disaster on some of the topics that I'm going to talk about this morning. And what I'm going to talk about is how a fully devoted Christ father grows in community, grows spiritually in a community. And you've probably, if you've been part of the church world, you've heard this before, right? If I want to grow, it usually starts with something like a pastor, somebody on stage who told you, you just need to pray harder. What does praying harder really look like? You ever think about that? Somebody says, oh, you just pray harder. Is that like a push-up? You know, like, I love you, one. You know, it's like, is this a face where the veins pop out? That's praying harder? Maybe, maybe you didn't hear pray harder. But maybe you've heard a pastor says, well, if you want to grow, just give. That, that's a weird concept. I give every year to the IRS, and I don't really feel closer to the IRS. In fact, I think I'm farther away from them. So this morning, I want to put your hearts to ease. I'm not going to give you a formula. Because I know formulas don't really work. You'll try them for two weeks, and you'll be done with them. I would. Now, to this morning, even if you're not a Christ follower... I'm going to encourage you all to trust in love. See, it's, I believe if you want to grow spiritually in a community with one another, it's more about your trusting. It's more about your reliance rather than effort. It's not about behaving. It's about obeying. 
And we'll dive into that. But before we do, I want to pray. God, thank you so much for this morning and this opportunity to speak about how, how your children who chose, that you chose in God, Lord, we want to know how we can grow in a community. Because, Lord, we know we need community. You've given us community, and community is good. But, God, we want to know how, how can we individually grow in a community. So, God, I pray that you speak through me. May your words be of your spirit and of your son and of your father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, um, if we're talking about, uh, talking about Christians, Christ followers growing in community, I think that we need to start with an apostle. Apostle, his name is Matthew. In fact, he worked for the IRS. He was a tax collector. <laughs> Lovely guy. Love him already. Matthew was an apostle, and he was actually an eyewitness to a debate between Jesus and Sadducees and Pharisees. The Pharisees was this group of individuals of Jewish leaders who wanted to stump Jesus, you know, asking him questions like, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Questions, you know. He's God. Like, oh, you know, two plus two. But he was at, they wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted to test him because Jesus proclaimed to be God. And Jesus, being God, they were like, well, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? And if Jesus says he's God, then God should say all of them are the greatest commandments. You should listen to every word that I say, right? But what the group really was asking Jesus when they asked, when they asked him, hey, what's the greatest commandment? They were really saying, Jesus, what can I get away with? What's the top two that I can do and still be good? Now, doesn't that sound familiar? It's in our nature, isn't it? What's the least amount of effort that I can take that will still get me to the destination I want to go? It's in us. In fact, physics says it. Force, energy, will take the path of least resistance. Well, they really want to know, what can I do? How can I get away with? What I can get away with? And so we're going to go to the story in Matthew chapter 22, Verses 34 to 38. And you can follow along in your notes. You've given a worship guide. And um, that's also on our Bible app. We have an app through iTunes. Check it out. Hilton Head Island Community Church. Um, so you can follow along in your notes online. You can follow along online in the message series. with The notes there. So let's go to Matthew 22, verses 34 and 38. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. They gathered together. They huddled together, ready to stump Jesus. Like, okay, what can we ask them to get him? And one of them, a lawyer, imagine that lawyer, can't keep the mouth shut, right? Asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus responded. He said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Man, I love this because the love he speaks of in Scripture, that love is agape love. 
And so spiritual maturity hinges on loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love God with all your mind, heart, and soul. Agape love is talk about cherishing. Nobody really speaks like that anymore, do they? Oh, I cherish something. See, there's a difference between cherish and infatuation. Infatuation comes and goes, right? Like colors come and go. I like this one, I like that one. But cherishing something, cherishing, if you look up the definition for cherish, it says the ultimate prize. See, you'll get dirty, you'll give money, you will give time to something that is your ultimate prize. Well, then we have to ask the question, is Jesus, is God our ultimate prize? Can we really say that Jesus is our ultimate prize? That's the love God is asking. If you love me with all your heart, with all your soul and mind, you will cherish me, meaning I'm your ultimate prize, not your money, not your job, not your wife, not your kids. I am your ultimate prize. Is Jesus your ultimate prize this morning? Can you honestly say Jesus is my everything, my ultimate prize in my life? In fact, can your kids, can everybody around you see that Jesus is your ultimate prize? And I think Matthew does go into a little bit of how we can show that we love God. But I think the Apostle John goes a little bit further. And again, if we're talking about growing spiritually together in community, I think John does a, um, just goes a little bit further in depth in his chapters 14 through 15. And if you're looking for a great Bible study on your own, read John 15 through 16. And be prepared to have your mind blown. Because when I was preparing for this, I had to repent. And not that I'm holier than thou art, but in my, re my repenting to the Lord, these are the questions I've came up with that kind of centered me. And one of them is, do you choose to obey God because you love him? And I get that in John 14, um, verse 15. And it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, if I am your ultimate prize, then you will keep my commandments. Uh, Jason Gray, he's a contemporary Christian artist, and he wrote in a, one of his songs, it says, Give me rules and I will break them. Show me lines and I will cross them. I need more than a truth to believe. I need a truth that lives and moves and breathes. To sweep me off my feet, it's got to be more like falling in love than something to believe in. More like losing my heart than give my allegiance. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, are you falling in love with Jesus? Are you, can you say, I, it's more like losing my heart? Or are you trying to keep it pent? Oh no, nothing gets in there. Loving God, keeping his commandments starts, not with effort, but in reliance. And I know that you probably heard this message a couple times, especially if you've been part of the church world. Again, keep my commandments. Well, the church has done a poor job in encouraging y'all to keep the commandments. And I confess, and I'm sorry, because I know church adds some rules to Scripture, right? No dancing. 
Uh-uh, not here. No drinking. No wearing jeans. Dress up before the Lord. Um, nowhere in Scripture does that say that? No dancing, especially? Scripture doesn't say that. No, why? Because the church believes, well, we have to control people, right? Keeping commandments is how we, how we can control people. That's not Scripture. And I'm sorry if some of you have been hurt by an expectation that was put on you where somebody was so more worried about the carpet rather than your heart. Sorry. I'm sorry somebody up here came up and said, hey, I got it all. Listen to me. Just follow what I say. And I didn't work out. Sorry. But Scripture does lead us. And I do believe there is obedience that God asks of us out of love. See, there's a difference between behave and obey. Obey, if you look it up in the dictionary, it says to listen. To do as told. Behave, if you look it up, it means to act or perform. Church world says act, perform. Jesus says listen. Obey is listen. Not behave, listen. And kids, say that to your parents. I am encouraging that, right? Because let's, let's, parents, let's talk about it. Behave. Well, why do you want you to behave? Because I want them to be a good kid. Well, what's what's good kid? What determines that? Who determines that? Do you determine if a kid's good, if they listen to you? But yet God calls us children. Are you listening to God? Parents, what would it look like if your students and your children actually knew that you were listening to God? Keep my commandments. Obey. Listen. Not behave, but listen. Parents, what would that look like in your world if in your home, your children saw and heard you loving God with all of your mind, all of your soul, all your heart, what would that look like? And, and I'm going to, here's a confession, y'all. Dropping off your kid on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, or a Sunday morning, is not going to get them there. We can't fix your kids. Sorry. Because we're not in the business of behaving. No. You bring your kid here, we're going to teach him how to listen to Jesus. And parents, we need your help. I have... Abby will have, Abby, she's our new children's director. She's coming down. We're going to have your kids an hour tops to tell them how to listen to Jesus. You have your kids for 23 hours, seven days a week. Who do you think is going to have the more influence? Some guy just because he wears jeans and a nice shirt or a parent? You have the platform for that. Not so much me. 
but we want to come beside you, and we want to guide you in teaching your students of how to love God with all their heart, all their soul, and all their mind. We'll give you the resources. We're going to give you the parents' letters so you can talk, to, so you can have conversations to talk to your students. Abby, she's continuing the orange curriculum, so where your kids, you can talk to your kids. They give you conversations to talk to them about God. We'll give you the resources, but you have to do them. You have to feel the need to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. We can't do that alone. We need your help. Keeping the commandments, that phrase means copying Jesus. Are you copying Jesus? Are you listening to Jesus? Another question I think we need to ask if we're thinking, how can we grow spiritually, is do you choose to stay connected to Jesus? And I get that from John 15, verses 4 through 5. It says, abide. Love it. John 15, 4 through 5. We're going to get there. All right, there we go. Yeah, nice. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, I in him. He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Abide. Abide in Greek literally means stay close. If you want to grow in your walk with Christ or you want to grow spiritually, you stay connected to Jesus. You stay close to Jesus. And we all have experienced the times when we were far from Jesus, right? Couldn't touch that Bible, could you? Couldn't come to church because you were so afraid about what you have done that Jesus won't forgive. Jesus, during that time, is saying, stay close to me. Hey, you don't want to sin? Stay close to me. You don't want to be a part of that group? Stay close to me. For I will never leave you nor forsake you. Stay close. Truly loving God is paying attention to Jesus. And guys, just reading your Bible, that's, a, that's great. We encourage you all to read your Bible. But there's a missing component, I believe. That church would just say, yeah, read it. But there's a missing component to just reading your Bible. Because some of you started in Genesis and was wondering how the dinosaurs fit in Genesis, right? How can Noah really got all those animals? Did the dinosaurs go in the boat? And then you stop there, right? You're like, I can't understand Genesis, so I, obviously I can't understand the whole Bible if I can't understand Genesis. So you picked up your Bible and you read it for a week or a day. You're like, I'm done. Because there's a missing component. That missing component starts with the question, do you rely on the Holy Spirit to teach you about how to love God? The Spirit of truth. And John 14, verses 16 through 17, Jesus truly states of how one can actually learn. It says, through the Spirit of truth. In fact, Ezekiel even says, hey, I'm going to give you a spirit. Oh, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper 
to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know of him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Ezekiel 36, 27, prophecy given. Ezekiel says, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. I will give you my spirit. Who will teach you how to obey? It's not about effort, ladies and gentlemen. It's not squeezing harder. It's reliance. It's relying harder. It's giving up your control and allowing the Spirit of God to teach you how to love God. It comes to it. It's not really about us. It's about what the Spirit of truth will reveal to you. Have you ever prayed before you read Scripture and say, Spirit, reveal something? Spirit, reveal Jesus to me? Or you just pick it up and see what happens? You were designed to be led by the Spirit of God. You can't cut Him out of your life if you want to grow in a community with one another. Larnell Harris wrote a song called The Strength of the Lord, and in his chorus it says, It's not in the trying, but in the trusting. It's not in the running, but the resting. Not in the wondering, but in the praying that we find strength of the Lord. Jesus sent us a helper. Use him. He's our spokesman for Jesus. The Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, he will reveal Jesus. Jesus Jesus is our advocate for the Father, the Trinity. You need all of them to learn about how to love God. Not just one, not just one component. It's the Trinity. You need all of them to learn how to love God. The spirit of truth is in the same spirit of truth that John 16, 13. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you to all truth. You want truth to be revealed to you in scripture? You pray to the spirit of God. You want truth in your life? You pray for the spirit of God to reveal truth. Not about you. Not about me. It's about him. Truly loving God is allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you how to love God. God. The Spirit of truth will reveal Jesus, and He will reveal Jesus. He reveals Jesus to us in multiple ways. Some get it through art, some get it through music, some get it through scripture, some get it through nature. He will reveal Jesus to you in a way where you ought to go out and tell people about Jesus. Which brings me to my next point. As a church community, we're to love God, to love people the way Jesus loved people. I get that from John 15, 12. And this says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. See, that's a different standard than what most of us that we've heard in church world, right? Is love thy neighbor as thyself. There's a problem. I don't know about you, but there's days I don't love me. I look in the mirror, I'm like, no, right? I'm not good. How can I love somebody out of me being ungood? That doesn't make sense. Jesus knew this, and so he gave us a bar. He's like, ha-ha, well, on the days you can't love each other, 
Here's the real standard. You get down to it. The skinny is this. Love as I has loved. Love people like I love people. When they spit in your face, you still choose to die for them. When they still sin, you still choose to die for them. Love, sacrificial. That's how you love people. You tell them about me, even, even the ones who don't love you, you tell them. And you sacrifice yourself for them. Jesus taught people about God. One way we can love people is we tell people about God. And we know Jesus did because we recite a prayer all the time that Jesus taught us, right? Our Father who... Oh, come on. How would be holy. Holy is your name. Wherever where Jesus was, he was telling people about the Father. I and the Father are one. I do the will of the Father. In fact, we even know this. So God... Oh, come on, y'all. Wake up. Get some coffee. So God loved that he gave who? Only begotten son that who gets. All right, Pastor Todd. Good luck next week. All right. Wherever where Jesus was, he was telling people about God. Question, wherever you are, are you marking people with Jesus? Are you telling them about Jesus? Can your co-workers hear you talking about Jesus? You want to love people like Jesus, Jesus pointed them to the Father. The Father who loves, facts, love to the point of he killed himself for you. Ladies and gentlemen, we have lots to talk about, don't we? You were a sinner. Jesus still chose to love you even though you killed him. But yet he still chose to love you and die for you. And now you have redemption through his grace. That sounds a lot to talk about. So you can't tell me, Cody, I don't know what to say. Well, tell him how you're a sinner. That's a great place to start. And tell him what Jesus has done for you. Paul says in front of a council as they were about to kill him, they wanted to kill him. He says, I can only tell you what I have seen and what I have heard. That's a good standard right there, ladies and gentlemen. For me, when I'm, at the, when I'm checking out, am I telling people what I have seen or what I have heard? Jesus told people about his heavenly Father. In fact, one, an old theologian, he says, we should do what this heavenly friend commands us. As he denied himself for us, we should deny ourselves for his sake. For feeling ought to be, Lord, thy love and friendship are so great that we will do all things, give all things, and endure all things for thy sake. Our feet shall be swift for thee, our hands quick to labor for thee, our lips diligent to sing the praise, not the spirit of slaves, but in fact, but as those who thou callest friends in accordance of thy love. You can love people because Jesus loved you. We can sacrifice ourselves when we realize the ultimate sacrifice that was given to us. Not that we earned it, not by your efforts, but was given to you by grace. Jesus. 
to grow spiritually in a community is loving others like Jesus. Can you imagine if the church got this right? What would this room look like? Students, what would that room look like if you guys, up here, listen, if you guys loved like Jesus loved? See, there's no popularity in that one, is it? If you want to be a Christ follower, students, listen up. It's hanging out with the friends that nobody likes. Why? Because you really haven't done anything for Jesus to like you, but yet he still chose to like you and died for you. Parents, that coworker that drives you nuts, who do you think God wants you to sacrificially sacrifice yourself to? Him. Her. That one annoys you. The one is at the water trot and just keeps on talking. You're just like, oh, I'm going to run away. I don't have that. We don't really have a water trough. <laughs> be kind of cool, though, wouldn't it? It's the people that annoy you the most. That's what I have figured out when I pray for the Spirit of God to teach me to love others and love God. Is God convicts me more than the person that I need to love. When you pray, Spirit, change me, watch out. Boss, if you're a boss in here, do those who work around you know that you love Jesus? Do those around you know that you love them? Coworkers, does your coworkers know that you love Jesus and you love them? Again, if you want to grow spiritually in a community, it's praying to the Spirit of God for him to change you, not you changing you, but him to change you, to love God and to love people, which brings me to my last point. If you get nothing, I pray that you get this. Spiritual maturity happens when we rely on the Holy Spirit to teach us how to love God, how to love others. How to love God, how to love others come through the Spirit of God. This is not praying harder. This is not worshiping harder. In fact, it's about surrender. You want to love God. You want to love people. You surrender your selfishness. I surrender my selfishness before God and allow the Spirit of God to move me to tell people about Jesus to love others for Jesus happens, can only happen through the Spirit of God. Hey, we have a fan day come up. For those who are nervous about actually talking to people about Jesus, grab one of those cards, invite them. That's a start. I'm not saying that everybody, does, everybody should do that, but if you're worried about talking to people about Jesus, you grab one of those cards and you invite them. Students, you invite your friends to come to youth ministry, student ministry, and Pastor Todd and I will talk. You bring them on fan day, we'll tell them about Jesus. Students, you bring them out, our leaders, we'll talk about Jesus. That's one way, an invitation. But that only gets you so far. 
Above the person behind you in check-in line. You can pay for their meal, right? One way. And if you are not a Christ follower, and you're wondering how, 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 how can I have this relationship? Again, it's not about effort. It's not about praying harder. It's, all about, it's about surrendering. It's praying to Jesus, saying, I need you. I need you. You died for me for a reason. I need you. Would you all enjoy me in prayer? God, we need you. All of you. Everything about you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we need all of it. God, we're jacked up. We got sin in our hearts, sin on our minds. God, we do approach you with unclean hands. But God, we don't want to hold back our love anymore. One thing does remain, and that is, even though yet we were sinners, God, you still chose to love us. Despite us, despite our problems, you still chose to love us. Spirit, teach us how to love you. God, I need you to teach me how to love you. God, teach me how to love others. Teach me, Cody, how to love others as you love them. Not as I see them, but Lord, as you see them. Teach us how to love one another as Christ has loved us. I pray these things in your name. Amen.